Hi there, and thank you very much for joining us. This is Red Business, and we've a lot to talk about today. Looking back on 2017 with a panel of experts and wondering what 2018 might have in store for Cork. Red Business Podcast with CompuBee. Building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompuBee.com Well, we hope you've survived the Christmas so far and are enjoying what time off you may have between now and getting back to the grindstone. But there is no respite uh, for our panel of experts who are with me here in the Red FM studios. We have got Judy Hopkins of Hopkins Communications returning to the podcast. Judy, hello. Hello, Jonathan. We have Ernest Cantillon, a leading Cork businessman, is written down here. Will you accept that as a a title? (laughs) (laughs) And you, of course, are returning to the podcast as well. And we have a podcast virgin. And it's been a long time since that word has been used to describe you. Paul Bird, TV3 Southern Correspondent. Hello. Hello, Jonathan, and thank you for the invite. <laughs> you were stuck today, I believe, were you? Yeah, desperate, and you just have to be passing by. Um, look, it's great to have you all in here. You survived the Christmas. We have. Yes, and we're not pretending that this Still is recorded going. before Christmas. This is all, uh, you all look, you look very full after your turkey. Um, lots to talk about uh, in, in, in 2017. Um, and look, obviously, the main thing was the start of the Red Business podcast, which has stood us all in tremendous stead. But if you were to take something else, um, Ernest, what would have been the highest of 2017 in Cork for you? It's probably a low-key story um, for me because it's the kind of um, the kind of people that they are but two guys Peter Coppinger and Dan Mackey who are the owners of Teamwork uh, out in Blackpool they opened their new amazing offices I don't know if you any had the pleasure of seeing them um, it's like a oh, Google Oh I went on campus. the slide Yeah this this I'm going to say it's like two slides Two slides But, but genuinely um, they just cracked recently um, 100 employees um, and I think that um, not only is it a Cork success story but the fact that they've attracted top international talent to Cork and are staying in Cork I think it's a real good um, vote for the future and sh- shows that businesses like that can be grown right through to maturity and worldwide success from Cork. So for me, I know that's not a um, maybe a big one-off headline. It's a, it's a gradual build-up. But, but the fact that, uh, you know, the new offices and the 100 employees and that kind of stuff, I think that's definitely a success uh, it's, story. It's funny, and we've talked about this a little bit, uh, how, you know, when we all grew up in Cork, because we are all of a similar vintage, it would have always been, you know, the big companies would have been external companies. So yeah. coming in and creating jobs here, whereas Teamwork and Voxpro, which we've yeah, probably Vox come, Pro, to, come to talk yeah. about as well, um, that these were indigenous Cork companies that grew. Yes, oh, entirely. And uh, the... Um, like so, you, so you have Cork people getting opportunities to go and you know work in the the these companies' offices in place like San Francisco and all these kind of things. But it's great to see money flowing back into the city as opposed to maybe going the other way around. Uh, Judy, for you. Well, you just mentioned them there, Voxpro, um, Dan and Linda Kylie. I've always been a huge fan of theirs in terms of how they operate. And funnily enough, they actually started off with six employees on Marlborough Street 20 years ago. And Hopkins Communications started off with two or three employees over 27 years ago on Marlborough Street. So um, now they're... Was that child labour for you, by the way? Is this (laughs) you coming out and admitting that you were working as a child (laughs) forced into Marlborough Street? Exactly, yeah. She was three months old. I was between making tea and filing and changing the bulbs on the big electronic sign there over Patrick's Bridge. That was uh, child labour at its best, all right. 
But uh, I think the thing with, with Dan and Linda is obviously, as we all know, uh, they've been bought out by a Canadian company and they're employing now 3,000 people um, across the world. Um, and obviously the bulk of that is in Cork as well. So it's a huge, it's a great story for Cork. It's a great story for Dan and Linda. And I think it's definitely one of the highlights for 2017. And what, what I love about the story, and we only played a little bit of this on last week's podcast, mm-hmm. was Linda talking about how they bought a paging company. Yeah. Um, and and nobody knows what a pager is anymore. But Paul, you had a pager for years. You mm-hmm. you probably were one of their biggest customers yeah, at the yeah. time. You had a pager until probably the last pager left in Cork, I'd say, didn't I you? I did. I mean, and, and they're an incredible success story and we must take our hat off to them. Mm. Um, it was Page Boy. And uh, they also operated over Jim Cashman's pub, I think, That's in Academy right. Street at one stage. And, you know, Dan and Linda were trying their hand at a, a lot of ventures over the years, but they really struck it lucky with this one. And um, they're, you know what? I've met so many people who work with them. You don't work for Dan and Linda, you work with them and they work with them. And that's what's great about them. There's such a great atmosphere down there. It's a company that, you know, everybody should honestly, if they are given a chance to go in and see how it operates, it's fantastic. And we we must take our hat off to them because so many times we have outsiders coming in and we welcome them with open arms. And just because they're from the outside, we must we think at times people think, oh, they must be better than us. Well, we have to defer, we, we have, have to bow, got, you know, we, we have, yeah, to, we have to, to tip the cap. We have got such a pool of talent here on our own doorstep. We should just grab it, hold it and nurture it. And, and Dan and Linda are are two of those people that we must honestly honour and just respect. I mean, they're, they're, they're incredible people. Yeah. And um, I think the Cork Chamber gave them an award at the Dublin dinner as yeah. well. Yeah, didn't that's they? right. And the other thing as well is a lot of companies when they're taken over, there may be some job losses. But for Dan and Linda, they're actually looking at increasing their their jobs within the company as well, keeping the name, and they're still going to stay involved as well, which I think is huge in terms of you know keeping the whole Cork element to it mm. and, and thanking the community that they were. Well, was that your story of the year? Whether no, no. I mean, I just have a couple of uh, points to make. I suppose look, it was nice to see. That that um, we had transatlantic flights mm. with Norwegian Air at Cork Airport. Uh, John Smith, a former marketing manager, he had been hammering on doors for many, many years to try and get transatlantic flights. Thankfully, they took off this year and well done to all at the airport. Uh, John Cleary, who is a great operator here in the city, uh, he is another Owen O'Callaghan and the late mm. Owen O'Callaghan will be it's a tragic loss to this city mm. uh, John is transforming the face of Cork he's got the capital that comes on the back of number one Albert Key and if, look and around and the and city it's looking at, people yeah. think that you, yeah. you know you have Super to be yeah. an older guy or an older woman to be a property developer he's what John is in his early 40s as far as oh, I know yeah. 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 yeah and we've got Navi- Navigation Square coming along as well which is uh, the late Owen O'Callaghan's development and, and development and great to see his son Brian you know mm. carrying on that tradition and I think Navigation Square will be built ever before there's a block laid at the so-called alleged event centre <laughs> on South Main Street. Now, let's, before we open the sore that is the event centre, <laughs> let, let's try and keep it a bit more positive. We, uh, the very first Red Business we did back, uh, I think, in June, uh, we were talking to uh, Anne Doherty about the lack of cranes. And I, like, I became slightly obsessed with this because obviously I spend a lot of time in Dublin, as, as some of you do as well. And Dublin had cranes everywhere. You couldn't move for the cranes, Ernest. They were everywhere. And poor old Cork had one crane up an apple, <laughs> looking sad and lonely. Yeah, whereas now at the end of the year, I think we're up to seven or eight cranes. Well, if you come in the harbour, uh, as you talked about the O'Callaghan development and across the river, then you have, I think they're calling it HQ, or Horgan's Quay, which is going to be a massive site mm. uh, parallel to the, the, what's, what will be the revamped railway station. So even if you're taking changing up the focus of the city and coming in 
uh, for the river, which is a good way to approach it because, you know, a big harbour city um, and the potential of the, the, the development in the middle, that Port of Cork building, um, even just the development that's in that kind of square block um, is very exciting with lots of cranes. Mm. And and I think that it's a real sign of confidence, Paul, isn't it? That you have, you know, visible construction work going on and it, it, it does lift the city. I mean, OK, 98% of it appears to be student apartment blocks at the moment, but at least something is being done. Oh, it sends out a very, very positive message. Uh, to any investors from home and abroad. If they see cranes, if they see developments, if there's jobs being announced, people have confidence in the city. And uh, I think uh, Cork has definitely come on leaps and bones over the last number of years and Mm. long may that last. And Judy, look, someone who works in PR, and I I dabble myself, as we know, um, the positive jobs announcements make a big difference. Huge From having to turn around and, you know, myself and Paul, when, as journalists, would, would turned up to... We closed a lot of factories between yeah. us, let's put it that way. Yeah. It's much nicer to be talking about jobs coming in as opposed to jobs going out. Definitely. And I think even in the last 18 months, we've seen a huge upsurge in even client spend or even in the types of news stories or the types of PR stories that we're working on. It's all positives. It's launches. It's expansions. It's, you know... Um, segmenting etc etc but you're there's no we haven't had any negative kind of crisis management issues I suppose that we've had to deal with in terms of people shutting down or you know cutting down on staff mm. or anything like that uh, so but there, really there are good. still issues like Roche Paul I know a lot of mm. people will have lost their jobs it's going to be a difficult Christmas for them Um, so it's not like we can ignore that and it shows that it's always a constant state of flux, even in the good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as Ernest said, 100 jobs in, in, in this company that he teamwork. mentioned. Teamwork. Yeah. Look, if it's only two jobs that mm. are created, every job counts. And if two jobs are created, somebody benefits. There's a spin-off. There's a domino effect along the way. Because if, you know, if John gets a job, he might have to buy a car. So he buys a car from the, the garage and the salesman gets his commission. So it, it goes down along, the, uh, down along the line. But as you said, um, the company in, in Dublin Hill... Um, yeah, 60 jobs. I mean, it's 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 sad, but I think there there are jobs out there at the moment. Yeah. To, you know, yeah. yeah. Whereas years, years ago, ago crikey, yeah. it was the you know it was the end all. They were finished. Mm. But uh, I think there are jobs out mm. there. I think that's a good point. Um, a couple of years ago, one of the big stories was the Vita Cortex thing, and I think mm. one of the biggest um, fear factors for people was where's my next job going to be? There were no jobs at the time. So when you lost the job, you were really facing an abyss and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was more likely that there was tough times than wasn't heady. Whereas now, uh, very unfortunate with the time of year and, and for those people, um, and, and it's a certain skill set that they have. So, mm-hmm. so maybe trying to find work in that industry again mightn't be as easy, but there definitely are jobs out there. There mightn't be people's dream jobs. And I don't think we're back to that heyday yet, but I think there is jobs. So at least people know. And the other thing is, um, something that I think is a real vote of confidence people who are in jobs are looking to trade up at the moment. They're mm. looking to send out their CV. And while it's great and people are very grateful to have a job, I don't think there's anything wrong with dreaming or be, being ambitious or, you know, trying to, to make better of yourself. Mm. And people are back in that phase of mind. So if they feel they're not, you know, getting paid a fair wage or getting the opportunities they should, they're putting their CV out there. And that's great to see because it's it's optimism from the grassroots up. Totally. Very small point. Sorry, very small point. You just mentioned about CVs and my sound nitty but are you going to give us your CV we don't no, want to hear we've your met CV so, I, I've met so many people we've heard this story over years and years and especially in the uh, during the uh, the boom people were sending out CVs and they weren't getting respond, a response mm. and that costs people money to put a CV together it, they spend a lot of time putting it together if they spend a lot of money putting it together and I, I don't think it takes much for an employer to just press the button thanks John we received your CV 
we'll keep your yeah, you know, and, whatever and, the case and also be. the cost in terms it. of confidence is huge if yes. you, if you nice, get it's nice yeah. to be nice yeah. Yeah. it's nice, nice to be nice, nice. indeed Judy there's, you're there's come two in points there to make just picking up on what Ernest was saying um, as well as, as the fact that you know there are plenty of job opportunities now there's also plenty of um, upskilling and training opportunities for free out there like if you look at the likes of Cork Training Centre or any, any of the further education and training colleges yeah, out the there program you're springboard yeah. and so on and so forth there's plenty of opportunity there for people to retrain um, and to upskill and that will help them then to find the jobs that they're you know that they maybe they'd like to change careers you know here's an opportunity now okay I'm, I'm in a pretty bad situation but here's my opportunity now to take my own career into my own hands and take it you know, attack and a change it, of tack. Is it the case as well? And I've noticed this and I was at an event uh, for the local enterprise office for their awards and mm. in a room full of young entrepreneurs and if you ever want to feel inadequate, stand in a room full of young entrepreneurs and let <laughs> them tell you, yeah, very, tell yeah. their ideas and you're kind of sitting there going, God almighty, all, I, all, all I've come up with is an old podcast. Mm. But they come up with fantastic ideas that are marketable and are going to be sold. Um, and and what, what stood out for me is that there, there seems to be a shift in, in Ireland of today from the idea that you, if you had, didn't have a job, you were goosed, mm-hmm. that we now have the younger generation in particular who are being encouraged by the likes of the Ignite programme or by the Rubicon in CIT and pretty much by every every aspect of education that if you have an idea, go, run with it, do Absolutely. it yourself. Absolutely. And there's like, if you take, for example, an initiative that we're working on at the moment with Cork County Council, they're after um, joining forces with Mass Challenge. They're a crowd over in Boston and they're a not-for-profit, no-equity accelerator programme for startups. So Cork County Council are after la- are launching Ireland's l- first um what's called Bridge to Mass Challenge Cork Accelerator Programme, which is a startup initiative accelerator programme for people in the biosciences, med tech, digital health sectors, where they can actually do a Cork boot camp with some of the top businesses in Cork on how to bring their product or their idea to the next stage. Then they go to Boston and they meet the heavy hitters over there and they get mentoring sessions, one-to-one sessions and then there's a huge pot of money at the end of it if they're successful. So there's plenty of opportunity out there for everyone. I think it's just a matter of honing in on what your skills are or upskilling or retraining and then, you know, going for gold. I want to talk about the challenges that, that Cork is going to face in the next 12 months and the biggest one of all as was highlighted by Apple. Now this was something that was an exchange between the Taoiseach's office and Tim Cook and the challenge of, of getting somewhere for people to live. And Ernest, for me, that's the big alarm bell. When you have someone of the size of Apple saying, lads, this is a problem. We're employing 6,000 people and, you know, where are we going to house our people? That that should ring a very loud alarm bell somewhere. It it does. The one thing I would say is... um, Instead of waiting for things to happen, we seem to be good at taking the bull by the horns and making things happen. So even just mm. when you're going back a step, um, the fact that we're out connecting with places like Massachusetts mm. and when you talk about like so Voxbrown teamwork being homegrown and again about cranes. So the cranes that are happening are instead of waiting for big companies to come in, which I think maybe cities like Waterford and Limerick might mm-hmm. be doing, you, you talk about John Cleary and you talk about Owen O'Callaghan and O'Brien after him. Mm-hmm. So we're leading by example. And then yeah. you see things like... Um, the tax office, uh, a deal has been done for a new hotel chain. I think somebody like Crown Plaza or Hilton is going to come in. So once we, we've shown a vote of confidence uh, and, the, you know, we're the first few cranes, then the others the others follow. Um, but but specifically with your question about the apartments, I, I think that we're lucky again to have skilled developers 
like the aforementioned guys who will that will be their next challenge you know, yeah, but they'll be they, a, at the moment yeah. they're building commercial and, and yes. we need them to build residential Paul you've been working at the cutting edge of this because you, you're dealing with the other side of this problem and, and the very tragic incident of the young of the mother who died uh, in a doorway very close to the city centre in fact mm-hmm. pretty much in the heart Kathleen of the city centre Kathleen O'Sullivan yeah, yeah. Um, I mean homelessness is a major problem Um we can build apartments and apartments, but I, I, I'd hate to see the city becoming a ghetto because it, it can, if you build apartment block after apartment block, they can, you know, turn out to be a disaster. But we will need accommodation. There's no doubt about that. But I reckon that they will start having to go outside the city um, into, you know, Ballincollig, Carrigaline, Carrigtool. Um, there's lots of land down there, you know, but in one sense, Cork is such a small little area everything is only 20 minutes or 30 minutes from, from the city centre. And I think if we can maybe get a right um, infrastructure, bus routes, I mean, we have this park and ride, which I think is fantastic, but we need one at all sides of yeah. the city. It only serves one it's, side. It's crazy. Really. Yeah, and yeah. It, but it is a fantastic... And I've been honest... I'm new to it. I only started using it in the last 12 months. You always thought you were too posh to get the bus. Exactly, exactly. My chauffeur said, Paul, you can't get on the bus. No, but seriously, we need them at all sides of the city. And I mean, all right, that's that's going away from the apartment blocks. But we we do need property. We need apartments. We need houses. uh, But I think they will start to be built outside the city. Mm. And Judy, is it the case that, you know, this is is part of the cycle, that the first thing that was always going to be built was commercial space because we need the commercial space. Then student accommodation blocks are going to be built because there's an obvious captive market for that. The students are always going to be there. And poor old residential is Paddy last, that they, they're getting round to it, but it is down the list. Yeah, I mean, I think it is the case, but homelessness is something that really affects me personally whenever I see it. I It, it breaks my heart and I've actually gone and I've sat down with these guys and I've bought duvets, I've bought sandwiches, I've bought coffees. I mean, your I've, city centre office, you see them I all see the time. I see it every day yeah. and it breaks my heart and I see the same faces and the same people every day. And I just, do you know what I think the problem is? I think is we need to somehow be communicated to in how best to help these people out. You know what I mean? Because there's no point in giving them cash if they're alcoholics or if they're drug users or whatever, you know, there's, you know, if you find out what the need is and you, you give them the food or you give them the blanket or you you find somewhere for them to stay overnight or whatever. But I think the issue is, is that we don't know how best to approach um, the homeless people in Cork or in Ireland. And if we had a better kind of if there was better messaging out there to us and how to help them, then maybe we could help them a bit more. Do you know what I mean? Because like building, building obviously they are last on the list. Do you know what I mean? So I I just think we we need to be informed better. I deal with the homeless people morning, noon and night through news. Um, Many of them just don't want to go into shelters. They feel safer on the streets. A lot of the shelters, there's heroin in there. Mm. That's uh, not a secret. Um, Judy's right. Don't give them money give them food, give them blankets. But I think it's time to put a stop to all the charities setting up. They're not registered. There's too mm. many charities. Mm. Ernest, you're, you're on the board of Cork Simon, of course, which is at the cutting edge of dealing with this yeah, as thank well. You, Jonathan. Um, it, it certainly is a complicated one and um, we're very lucky in Cork that um, the organisations work um, uh, together. So you, you have Penny Dinners who very much mm. is very much about feeding people. You have the St. Vincent de Paul who's very much about families and supplying things like fuel vouchers and things like that. Um, and, and the real, 
I wouldn't say the nicer things because everyone should have a toy at Christmas. But, you know, they, t- they take care of things like that, which is amazing. Uh, and then the Sammy community, which is the one particularly close to my heart. And uh, we um, most of our focus actually is trying to uh, avoid homelessness. But I mean, that is housing first. So uh, skipping the step of a shelter and getting somebody into house. And that's that's a problem because it's probably easier to build more shelters. Uh, but but as you said, you hit the nail on the head. That leads to its own complex problems and people don't want to be in shelters because of the risks or the perceived risks. Um, but an interesting one, and I do think, not to put a positive spin on a very a very tough, sad story, but um, we've yet to turn away somebody um, uh, for lack of beds this year um, in the semi community in Cork City, which I think is a really, it's due to extra funding from mm-hmm. Cork City Council. We have a cold weather initiative um, and there's a lot of communication between them. So at least... Um, there is beds mm. for people but there. But it goes to show you that the complexity of the problem that even exactly. when there are beds available there's still people in doorways and, and, and there's people the, of complex needs. Let's look to 2018 and what is going to be big for Cork next year. Put the crystal ball into action. Put on whatever hat you use to look into the future. Um, Judy, we'll go to your no, crystal ball first. first. Go on. <laughs> tell us what you think is going to be big in Cork in 2018. Well, donut shops, yeah? I, oh God, yeah. <laughs> Actually, do you know speaking of donut shops I saw this lovely uh, post on Facebook there there were kind of cheesy donuts I wouldn't mind that lads yeah. just throwing it out there yeah. mix it up a bit you know um, but no I think um, putting my marketing hat on here for 2018 I very much think um, cyber security is going to be even bigger again because we saw you know we've heard and we've seen a lot of security issues with uh, the whole on the whole IT front here um, we'll say a friend of mine he heads up Oxford Solutions which is a massive cyber security company over in the state um, and they're just hitting Ireland now and really like we're only a blip on their scale but they realise that the need is there for it worldwide um, and I think we all need to be a little bit more mindful especially with the whole you know going back to episode 5 with uh, our our chat about Facebook and privacy settings and well, all that kind of she stuff. remembers the episode number I don't, yeah. I, I don't even remember that Please Please night after me at <laughs> all available on iTunes <laughs> But um, definitely cybersecurity is something I think that people are going to be a bit more mindful of and going to start actually investing in it a bit more. Paul, what's big in 2018 for you? The event centre. If Honestly, it, if, if it, we it get it. It would be nice if we no, get it. it. Can we replay the clip from the last three years when it was the big story in 2014 or 2015? I, I honestly think if we don't get the event centre off the ground within the first six months of uh, 2018, we won't. I know people will kill me for harping on about the event centre, but I think it's time for... And Doherty, CEO of Cork City Council, and bam, to be brought into the room and sit down in front of all the councillors and the public to say, what are you doing? Is it going to happen? Yes or no? Because if, if it doesn't happen in the first six months, I think there's something radically wrong. I also want to see parking meters in Cork. Parking <laughs> There's an app for that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm technically stupid. And these parking discs that we have at the moment pure crap well I, I can never find a coin never mind a parking disc <laughs> Ernest to you um, I mean, the event centre would be great for be your business wouldn't it yeah I, I think maybe uh, being more realistic uh, that, that's more likely to be uh, something we get it off Santa I think can actually happen this year but um, I, uh, some of the things we already talked about though for example um, a year ago when we saw the cranes over the capital for example you walk down the Grand Parade now not only is it transform, uh, transformed but it's hard to imagine that that wasn't always mm. there and I'm lucky enough to have a business nearby it that has transformed our lunch business so you know people see uh the um, home sense and the sea lifestyle sports and that's great but the amount of people working over is ferocious and that makes a real difference to the city and, and the things that you don't see people that work there late there's people on Grand Parade at night which makes it a safer mm-hmm. street and all these kind of knock-on effects so going back down to say to the Dockland so it's not a particularly nice place to walk down to the train station at night at the moment which probably prevents people 
getting the train to Cove or whatever. Whereas when there's a hotel there and there's offices there and there's apartments there, they'll transform that. But it, it shows you, I mean, you've mentioned the, the Grand Parade. And, and when you think about it, when the nightclub, when Sir Henry's used to be down there, the Grand Parade yeah. Hotel, now we're going back 20, it was the middle of town. 20 it was yeah, the middle of town. It was, yeah. And then all of a sudden it became a black hole and mm. nobody yeah. went into it. And you need to have life in the city like that. So the hotel will make a big difference in the old tax office. Yeah. If, when they eventually do something with that site, that'll bring it through. And the, as you say, Paul, the convention centre yeah. will make a huge difference. There's something like 12 hotels in the in the pipeline at the moment for the city. Between Planning yeah. Commission yeah. and yeah, your yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, overall, lads, is the mood very optimistic for 2018? I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think we, we were just kind of chatting about this earlier. Like, Cork, Cork people are very positive anyway and especially Cork business people anyone who's listening from outside of Cork yeah. will scoff loudly at that <laughs> no we loudly. are we are we have we to are, we have to support one another no we, we no, have to we honestly are. support we're, one another yeah we're very positive and I think Ernest is, is a prime example of that in terms of, of Cork business people being positive um, and like we're based in Cork by St Finbar's Cathedral as well and we can even see since would, would we would you say just a stone's throw from the cathedral oh, to uh, and add? just, just yeah. so, no as <laughs> Mary Hopkins yeah. would say we're in the shadow of the cathedral <laughs> yeah um, but we, we see everyone there's a bit more of a pep in people's step do you know what I mean a lot more people are going out having lunch now yep. rather than having it at their desk they're more chatty everyone is more positive and I definitely think 2018 is going to be an unbelievably good year for Ernest, everyone I do think it's probably the first year in maybe 10 years that we could say if 2018 was as good as 2017 you know that will do just fine yes. and it's been a long time, yeah. long time that we can since say that. we've had to say that folks it's been a pleasure having you in thank you so much for your thoughts on the year that's just been fingers crossed the predictions for next year will be just as good. Ernest Cantlin of Electric, thank you very much indeed. Judy Hopkins of Hopkins Communications and Paul Byrne of TV3, thank you all for joining. Can I just say one thing? Yes. Everything we've spoken about, just pure cork Pure cork like, <laughs> pure cork. Happy New Year. We will talk to you again for the first podcast in 2018. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB Business. Improving productivity with the latest Apple technology. CompuB.com.